the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This is the second part in our series on the Holy Spirit. The last episode was the first part. My apologies for mislabeling the recording. This week we ask the question, what does the Holy Spirit do? The main reading is John chapter 14. Just to say, if you, if you go on the, uh, at the beginning of the last year, I was just checking on our Facebook. Um, uh, if you go on the Facebook page of the church and you press announcements, you'll miss everything else, but you'll have all the announcements. I think it was back in April last year, I put a list of uh, people that you can look at, especially when it comes to Genesis and creation. Three great sites, Answers in Genesis, Creation Research, and uh, Creation Worldview. I think, Todd, great sites that you can look at. And then uh, the, a month before that, I just talked about how to go through the Bible. Bible Project is very good, especially for children, because it's little cartoons. Um, and it just gives you just an outline of different subjects, just to, just to give, give the background of those. So um, we are, we're digging in to, to see who Holy, the Holy Spirit is. We looked at it, the symbols of uh, what he, he was described as, so we can get a better picture of his ministry and his work. And uh, tonight we're just going to really uh, see just the, the, the things that he does. Um, and we love, we love Thomas because Thomas is a, um, it's a bit like some of us. He's always asking questions. He's a bit of a doubter. Um, and you know, God is not afraid of questions. Um, if the trouble is someone will be afraid of the answers, of course. Um, and uh, so we like Thomas because he's digging, he's looking. And uh, I, I, Jack, you were saying on Monday, there were lots of questions going around and see where uh, wanted things. And um, one question, which is which I'm looking up answers in Genesis, I had to look it up myself. It's good to look it up. But he said, this is one of the questions he always gets asked. And he, he said he's been doing it for 40 years. Who was Cain's wife? And one chap said, uh, Mary Magdalene. No, no, no. Um, well, of course, it was his sister, um, Mary and jo- Mary and Joseph. Uh, they had only yeah, they had a few kids, but um, Adam and Eve probably had well over fifty children, because they lived to nine hundred years old. You see, um, uh, if you look in the Bible, uh, Genesis five four, and Adam and Eve had many sons and daughters. Um, some say even many more than that. But then we say, well, wait a minute, Dave. What about incest? Well, parent and child has always been wrong, but uh, siblings has only been wrong since God. Of course, we only get laws when God says it, didn't we? Outside of God, we've got no understanding what's right and wrong anyway. A uh, couple of thousand years later in Leviticus. And um, so that's where we get that. And, and of course, the main reason for God instituting that was for, the, for genes. Not these we were in. But of course, at the beginning, the gene pool was good, perfect, wasn't it? And sin came in, and now we do it because we know if, if close relatives marry, there's genetic faults that will, uh, if, if we marry someone who's not near our family, the genetic faults are what we call recessive. So they don't take over. But when two family members, really close, so that, that was one of the great reasons that God says, don't do that anymore, because the gene pool had de- de- decreased so much by then in a few thousand years because of sin. God says, that's not right anymore. And of course, God knows best, doesn't he? Always knows best. Um, so there, there's always answers. Bless the Lord, thank the Lord. Now we're looking at the Holy Spirit tonight. 
Again, because he's the teacher. See, sometimes, I don't know this, but get into God's word and say, Holy Spirit, teach me. Well, the first thing we see the Holy Spirit, as we did last week, uh, Josh, um, uh, third person in the Trinity, one, one essence, three distinct persons, um, the executive member, really the one that's doing all the work now, he's left on the, on the, on the earth, Holy Spirit is, is the one. And, and we're just going to look at what he does tonight. Um, sometimes we, I prayed the other day, Lord, uh, fall again like a Pentecost. And I was thinking that's not actually accurate because the Holy Spirit is already here. Now we need a fresh <laughs> glory. We need him more and more. So the first thing we notice um, in, in salvation, he is the one who takes the initiative. We don't. No, we don't take the initiative. Left to ourselves, we want our own way. We like our own way. We don't always get our own way. If we marry, we never get, us men never get our own way, of course, do we? But what, you living on your own, well, bless the Lord. It is lonely sometimes, but you're going you're gonna to argue with yourself, and you can always win the argument, can't you? Yeah. You don't get your own way even then, that's right. Uh, so what does he do? The first thing the Bible tells us, and of course, when we, we, we looked at uh, John, John 14, 15, 16, we just read John 14, we have the, uh, what we call the sevenfold ministry. Jesus is teaching on the Holy Spirit. And he gets seven things the Holy Spirit does there. Seven, as we know, is the divine number in, in Revelation. We, and of course, we say, oh, I don't understand. It calls the Holy Spirit the sevenfold spirit. We say, what is that? Well, it's just talking about his perfection, his completeness, his fullness, and if you want to find a, a, a verse or the background to that sevenfold spirit, you need to go back into Isaiah 11, where he talks about that, uh, and it's seven, seven titles, seven descriptions of the spirit of the Lord upon the Messiah. This is what he does. John 16, 7 to 11. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. You see, Lord, if I did, I go away. If I do not go away, then how God will not come to you. If I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So that's the first thing he does. He convicts us. He confutes. He gets all of our mind and convinces us that we need a saviour. And, you know, without the Holy Spirit, our words will fall to the ground. Our ministry, our evangelism has got to be touched and infused and filled with the Holy Spirit if it is to be effective. Why? Because only he can change our thinking, change our mind. And that's what he does in sin. And, of course, as, we, as you said there, the greatest sin, what is the greatest sin? Because they do not believe in me. That's the sin. See, when we stand before the Lord, he, 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 could, he could list all our sins. But the greatest sin is that Jesus came, he died, rose again, offers us salvation. And the greatest sin is not to trust him. That's the greatest sin. All the other sins, you know, they, they could be bad and evil, but that's the greatest sin. Not to trust the salvation, the gift of salvation. So that's what he does. And let me just drop this in. I, I, I've written this down. Before, of course, conviction is, is really important as, as Christians. The Holy Spirit convicts us as well. And there are three, there are three um, responses to conviction, isn't there? We can, we can harden our hearts. 
uh, the Holy Spirit convicts us and we ignore him. Or we say, I'm not sure if that was the Lord, and you know full well it's the Lord because it's something in your life that's not right, shouldn't be there, or should be squared up, and the Holy Spirit just, you know, he's a great... So there's, there's a hardness, and listen, this is a, lot, a lot of Christians do this, and they go into a place of heaviness, guilt, and condemnation. Now, there's no condemnation in Christ, but we miss, and, and the devil loves it, doesn't he? When he, the Holy Spirit convicts us of things in our lives that are not right, because there are plenty, instead of, of listening to him, and the, the way is to be honest, isn't it? Not hardness, not heaviness, but honesty, confession, growth, grace. But we can become like that, and people can come and go out of the church with a condemnation because they've misunderstood the Holy Spirit's conviction. Because the Holy Spirit is, is longing for us to come closer. Um, and, of course, the devil will always whisper in our ear. He'll say, Dave, well, 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 well. How are you in church tonight? Bet they don't know what you did yesterday. Bet they don't know what you said yesterday. I bet they know you acted yesterday. And, and see, it's how to, remember freedom in Christ? We say, yeah, absolutely true, devil, you're true. But I am washed. I confessed. I'm clean before the Lord. And there's no condemnation. Conviction, yes. No condemnation. But more than that, it's not just convicting. Left to ourselves in conviction, that would be it. But there's conversion. I, got, I can't even read my own writing. Conversion. Regeneration. The Bible tells us, outside of Christ, we are dead to God. What does that mean? Because we're not dead physically, and of course not. But we are tripartite. We understand that with this body we've got, this body's dying. Whatever you do to it, it's decaying. Our dad was complaining about a bad hip. I said, do two laps around the pond instead. Walk it out. <laughs> mind over matter, isn't it? I don't mind, and you don't matter. No, 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 no. Uh, that's what they used to say. Um, but whatever, the body is decaying. Our soul is, is uh, I suppose, in a sense, who we are. Our emotions, our intellect, our will, and our spirit is that which we connect with God, or to God, or to, even to the spirit world. Um, that dark side we can go, but this, be outside of Christ, it's dead. Why? Because we've sinned. And we can't hear God, we can't connect, we are cut off from God by sin. And we need that reignited. We need to be born again. We need our spirit to be reignited so we can hear and know and see God said this many times and of course us old people understand about the aerial remember especially up in the valleys no aerial no signal you couldn't get a picture could you I remember going to Jackie's mum's down in Cross Keys she only had something on top of the TV and she could pick up a signal well up our way if you didn't have a proper aerial you'd get nothing would you and uh, that's a good picture of when we have there's no aerial there's no signal but when we get an aerial we get connection we get signal and it's I suppose similar to getting that aerial connected where we can hear God and we're connected we are born again into his family uh, John 3 3 to 8 
and that which is born of the Spirit to the Spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. But you cannot tell from where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Yeah. Born again. I, I, and uh, Nicodemus, what, what are you talking about? That which is dead needs to be made alive again. And it's a work of the Spirit. The Spirit of God comes and he convicts us. We respond and we are born, regenerated. We are born again. And uh, we see differently. It's clear. We, 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 then we say, well, how can people see this clearly? Dear me. But it's the work of the Spirit. Now, we, that doesn't stop us witnessing and testifying, but that's all we can do is sow, isn't it? Now, we'd love to grab hold of some people, especially our family, and shake them, wouldn't we? Why are you not getting saved? Our job is to uh, show, to pray, and when we have our opportunity, to speak to them. Be careful you don't keep on to them, but sometimes you've got to get stuck. Man, I, I, mean, I, I my, sometimes I get stuck into them because they need it, don't they? But... Uh, Wisdom from Holy Spirit led, isn't it? Holy. Conviction um, and reconversion, regeneration. Titus 3. At that one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in madness and envy, being hated and hated one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become his, having the hope regeneration bless the lord um right become mercy through saving washing of rebirth and the renewal of the holy spirit you see there's a combination here of of the spirit's work and the word uh, because he says we we how are we born again to peter says by the word of god not by perishable things by but by the word of god so does james we were given birth we were in first fruits by the word of truth well of course he would use the word why because the word is holy spirit authored breathed to to timothy three sixteen. god's word is needed for righteousness Make it, making common sense, turning the world, your world back up to, right? Why? Because it's God breathed, breathed out by God. Peter said, as we said last week, 2 Peter 1, um, uh, prophecy is, is when they were moved by the Spirit of God to pen what he wanted to say. So he is the one who not just convicts, but actually brings us alive, brings us alive in him. Bless the Lord. But more than that, um, the Bible talks about, and we, we read it, didn't we? Um, he's called the comforter. Uh, the, word, the word is paraclete. Para, you know what para means? To come alongside, parallel. Clete is someone who helps come into one's aid. The, the intercessor, the counselor, the comforter, the one who's an advocate. He is right alongside us. That's good news, isn't it? He don't leave us on our own, he just said. He's going to be with us. He's our comfort. 
He's our comfort. Um, I've jumped ahead, but well, he's still our comfort, but what does he do next? He not just converts us, he confirms to us. There's a confirmation. See, it isn't just saying, well, I, I trust what God has said. Absolutely. God has said this, I trust it. See, there is a divine, supernatural uh, dimension to this. And Romans 8, Romans 6, 7, 8 tells us about being dead in Christ. What's the problem? It isn't the law. The law was never the problem. It was my soil, not the seed, remember? I, I couldn't live it because of my flesh. And he said, how do I, how do I win then? How do I, who's going to rescue me? Spirit of God in me, changing me. And this is what he said, Romans 8, 14 to 16. For as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So his spirit bears witness with my spirit. So there, there's, there's that dimension. If, if it was all we were trusting in, in God's word, that would be good. But there's much, much more. There's his spirit testifying with me that even at my lowest ebb, when I think, what on earth's going on? There's a connection with Almighty God. Why? Because his spirit testifies with my spirit that I'm a child of God. And when I say, Abba, Father, I know he's going to hear I know he's going to listen. So there's a, there's a spiritual dimension and a test, really, isn't there? Because we need to know. Do I know? That, that, that old lady said, I know because I know because I know. I don't know how I know, but I know because the Lord has touched me and saved me. Come in. There's a confirmation. And you see, when we, we need the confirmation of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, the uh, Hebrews, the preaching of the word, Mark 16, I confirm it with signs following by the Holy Spirit. There's a confirmation. Why? Because he said, uh, let's read, uh, he said it to the Corinthians and Thessalonians and uh, to others, but 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 5. Dear brothers, when I came to you, I didn't come as a proud man. I preached God's truth, but not with fancy words or a show of regular. I decided that while I was with you, I would forget about everything except Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. When I came to you, I was weak with fear. My teaching and my speaking went up with wise words of persuade people, but the proof of my teaching was the power that the Spirit gives. I did this so that your faith would be in God's power, not in the wisdom of the man. Yeah, that's right. So I, I, no, remember, remember Paul could have come with great wisdom. He was, one, they say, one of the most intelligent men to ever live. He could have come with intelligence and wisdom, but he wanted people to understand that it wasn't in him to trust. It wasn't in his, his, his oratory. It was in God Almighty. And he said, that's why I came in humility, but the power of God moved through the, the meeting, through the word and uh, the ministry and the demonstration. Miracles upon miracles. That's what we need. Because the Bible says when they saw miracles, they trusted. They they. Peter, right at the beginning. Can I use your board, Peter? Yes, 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 yes. You, you carry on. Comes back. Come on, Pete. Let, let me pay you for your, use of your boat. Uh, let's go fishing. No, no, I, I'm tired. I don't want to fish. As we said before, his first thought was, what do you know about fishing? Um, you, you're a carpenter. You're, you're a builder. 
I'm the fisherman. I've been fishing all night. You don't fish in the day. That's impossible. But he didn't actually say that. But that was what he's thinking. We, because then he says, oh, go on then. Let's go. And the Bible says it was a great vast, great, great catch. The Bible says as soon as he saw that, he was on his knees before the Lord. Lord, away from me. A wretched man. When people see the demonstration, the confirmation seals us, puts an engagement ring on us, confirming us. 1 Thessalonians 1 as well. Same thing. came with demonstration and much assurance. Now, they were in affliction. They had real difficulties of Thessalonians, but we're going to trust him. And, you know, out of it, the Bible says, the joy of the Holy Spirit. You see, when we understand who we are and we are the Lord's, you know what? Even in the midst of the most difficult situation, there's joy because I'm a child of God. I'm his. He is mine. Wonderful confirmation. You know what we really need in these last days, of course, is the confirming work of the Spirit of God. His conviction, oh Lord, we need that. But then the confirmation, the application of God's word, and the demonstration of the gospel in signs and wonders following. And that's why the Bible says, be zealous for those things. 1 Corinthians 40, be zealous for spiritual gifts. Be zealous. Oh, Lord. Uh, so often we can say, oh, yeah, well, well if, the Lord, if the Lord wants to give it, the Lord. no, 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 get up. Come on, Lord. Give me a thirst and I will not let you go. Jacob, I want to be blessed and I won't let you go until you bless me, Lord. And uh, it's going to cost me. Uh, of course it's going to cost. Anything that's worthwhile is going to cost. But, oh, the blessing of God. So there's the confirmation of God's work in our lives. As we said, he sealed us and he's put his Aragon, his, his um, engagement ring on us till we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Bless the Lord. Of course, just told you this, but we'll jump onto it now. The comfort of the Lord. He comes alongside. Bless the Lord. When uh, there's no one around, he is always with us. He cannot leave us or forsake us. Fantastic. Uh, comfort, isn't it? Think of those we just, who do we, um, was Afghanistan today we were praying for? Just so few Christians there, or so few that we know of, because if they just say they're Christians, it's um, death, usually. Or, or, or depending on what their age is, they send them to re-education camps, because they think turning away from Islam is, is, is a sign of mania. And, well, if there's no forgiveness in it, if there's no salvation, let's turn away from it. Let's find salvation. So, and they need the Holy Spirit, that one who comes alongside. Remember reading, I don't know if we still got it across there, but the Russian guy, what was his name? Uh, and he was in, in prison. We used to have it across, but there, I'll have to dig it out. Only a little thin book. And he was in prison, and they beat him and abused him, and they sent him to, uh, even when they, he was in a, in a in freezing cell, the Lord kept him warm. 
No, it wasn't much money. That's China. But he, he, this is, I'll find it across there. But amazing how the Lord spoke into him, protected him, came alongside him. Let's read our verses. Acts chapter 9, 30, 31. When the believers learned of this, they took him down to Sethlehem and sent him off to Tarsus. And the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Remember the time of persecution? Yeah, don't like that, but that was what was needed then. Why? Because they were getting comfortable. Comfortable in Jerusalem, everything was going so well. And the Lord said, there's a world to meet, there's a world to reach. And uh, perhaps they weren't listening, because that means effort, doesn't it? So the Lord said, okay, let's have a bit of... Uh, Persecution, they scattered, they scattered. But after that point in, in Acts, and the Bible says, they, they had time of uh, abiding and resting in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. That is his work, to come alongside us. Bless the Lord. How about 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 16? 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 16. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. But considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judge, judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to the human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct them? Who knows what uh, heaven is like? Who knows what God has got in store for us? And the Bible, the Spirit of God has revealed it to us. He just opened our eyes a little bit of the wonder of our future, the wonder of today. Yeah, wonder of now. We have life now, but our future is absolutely secure and sure and wonderful. And he says now, because the Spirit of God is in us, he searches all things. He's the one who searches, and he gives us the mind of Christ. That's amazing. Revelation. That gives comfort that we know, and we see things. Sometimes we, we can see differently. We should be seeing differently because we see with the mind of Christ. We see, um, people see people, and they think, well, what a waste of time they are. But we, with the mind of Christ, said they need Jesus. They are lost and broken, and their, their, their behavior, although probably pretty, pretty poor, is just a result of them turning from God. Again, as we say, therefore the grace of God, go we. Just think, where would we be tonight without the Lord? Dear me, would we, some of us be still alive without the Lord today? It's amazing when we just think what the Lord has done. The comfort of the Lord, the comfort of the Lord. More than that, he doesn't want to just comfort us. He wants to give us abilities, capabilities. Bless the Lord, because he's longing to use us. Longing to use us. Acts 1. And he said, well, it is not for you to know the time of season which the Father put in, put in his authority. For you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power. Dynamis dynamite that which blows things up that which creates movement creates change you will have that power what to do what to be your witnesses 
to be my witnesses, to show, to speak, to shine, to live out this gospel. That's what he's given us power to do, capabilities. When we see a lost world and we, we sometimes squeeze by the world, sometimes we let the world squeeze us by what we ingest from the world. We need to press out, be transformed, but power of God in us to live for Christ even in a lost and dying world. Ah, you know, we have a... But when we think, when we think of our nation, we, we, we despair sometimes, but we still have liberties that many, as we just talked about other countries, many other countries don't have. We have great liberty because of the past of what God has done in our land. We are still living. We still have a little bit of that left. Oh, God, help us to uh, receive power from on high, strengthen from the Holy Spirit. He's in us, wants to fill us, flood our lives. Ephesians 3. 1419. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. It's a fantastic verse, isn't it? Get a, get a little bit excited there. Eh? Let the Holy Spirit come strengthen you, bring strength, but also bring revelation. More than revelation, he said, I want you to comprehend how great the love of God is, but more than that, to know it. It's a big difference. Comprehension is in, using our intellect. To know is our full being uh, of an encounter being embraced by the love of God. To know it and to know it in our lives personally, a personal encounter. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. More than that, he says, I want you to be filled. God is an abundant God. He longs to flood our lives with his presence. He's to give us capabilities. Capable. Why? Because what does the Bible say? Of when we are uh, walking in him, led by him, as we read in a minute, uh, we moved in the gifts of the Spirit. What are those gifts? 1 Corinthians 14, especially the gift of prophecy by the Holy Spirit. What does it do? It comforts, edifies, exhorts, encourages. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are there for. He makes us capable to bring comfort and to bring confirmation. Bless the Lord. That's his work, Holy Spirit's work. Also, ultimately, of course, not just to save us, but to change us. Our character. Oh, Lord, help us. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18. That's, That's what, what he, he does. does. He brings liberty and freedom. We should not be bound. Now there are times, and we've all been bound by issues, habits, characteristic flaws. We can blame our, our parents, can't we? How we are. 
I can't really blame him because that's, you've got to look in the mirror, take responsibility. The other day, take full responsibility. But you know what? There's liberty with the Holy Spirit. He breaks the chains. Bless the Lord. And he's in the, in the business of transforming us from glory into glory. That word transform there is the word metamorphosis. We understand that. Caterpillar, butterfly, that's the word. Also in found in Revelation, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we do that by the Holy Spirit, by his word. Getting all of God's word, and yet the Holy Spirit applies the word. And uh, it's amazing, even, you know, when we put the word of God into us, we can be around our day, going about our day, and then all of a sudden, a verse of scripture, or a song, a hymn, a chorus, will come across our path, come across our mind, and uh, we think, where did that come from? Where did that come from? Holy Spirit is prompting, speaking, touching, telling, sometimes correcting. Um, I told you the story before, many years ago, I was only living up there, and uh, uh, our dad lent me his car. He was on holidays. I was using his, saving my petrol, using his, and uh, for some reason, his battery was going down. So I charged the battery, put it on, but little did I realize you had to put the side lights on anyway, so it blew a fuse or something. So I, I remember coming down there, trying to bump start it, coming across by there, coming down this road, down to the bottom of Central Avenue, trying to bump start this car. Didn't bump. So I left it on the, on the bottom, walking back home, and it started raining. Always starts raining then, doesn't it? So I was feeling, yeah, 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 yeah. what's wrong with that? And, my, and just that little verse dropped into my heart, praise the Lord in all circumstances. Who says the Lord hasn't got a sense of humor? But the Lord is, is, is why? Because... Really, in my mind, it was a big thing. But it was minor. It wasn't my cars. It didn't matter. Um, uh, but you know what? Praise the Lord. The Lord does that. He dropped. Why? Because he's the great God. He's the one who's transforming us. Transform us day by day by day. What does the Bible say? God has not given us a spirit of timidity. That's our spirit. But his spirit comes into our lives and gives us power, love, and discipline. Saving of the mind, grabbing hold of ourselves. Isn't it? We have the ability to speak to ourselves and say, Come on, Dave, what are you doing? Shake yourself. Now they try and teach that, don't they? Well, I didn't read the article. I thought, Oh, Lord, save him. Ari, giving all these exercises. You know what? We need the Jesus. And when we got Jesus, we can grab a hold of ourselves. Why? Not because we got anything. No, because the Spirit of God in us is, is comforting us confirming, coming alongside. What about, ultimately, what is he in, in the business of doing? Galatians 5, and we've got a couple of verses, 16, 17, and then 22, 25. So I say, live with the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. The sinful nature desires that what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that we do not do what we want. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. Since we live with the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited. 
That's his work. Galatians 5. Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. How do we know the Holy Spirit is working in us? We're walking. We are led by him. The Bible says not just be led, live, walk, but keep in step as well. Where? How do we know? There's fruitfulness. There's, there's fruitfulness. My fruit is greater today than it was last year. Easily tested. How long does it take you to get upset with your husband or wife or the people in your family? Is it longer today than it was last year? Is your patience longer? Is your kindness easily, easily tested? So are we being more fruitful? Are we getting more transformed? Are we gratifying our flesh less? Because the Bible says you cannot do both. When we're living with this, we will not gratify me. My friend, what I want to do, oh, I think it's a good idea. I want to do this. I'm here. No, no, no. With spirit, we're dying to myself. We pick up our cross and fall, and we're making great sacrifices. Why? Because we're the kings. We're the lords. So tonight, Holy Spirit, oh, who he is. Well, he's God Almighty. We didn't look at his attributes, but many there. But what he does, convicts us, converts us, confirms, comforts, brings Character, capability, change in our lives, all from him. How do we walk and be led by the Spirit? Well, we get into his word, of course, and uh, we get into his presence, all fellowshipping, abiding with him. See, it's not complicated, thankfully, Christianity is there. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. Speaking to him, listening to him, and uh, bothering with his family. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, it's as easy as that, but sometimes difficult because he's always trying to do a lovely work in us. Bless the Lord. Thank you. Uh, help us to fill us afresh, Lord. Fill us. We need you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.